everybody. Well, it's February already, and it's very different this February. February. Every, February. every time I look, it's always like minus one or something. It's snowing. Not this week or anything. So we don't know if the – I really don't know if the groundhog saw his shadow or not. But he saw Greg. He saw me. He still ran. What is that, like six more weeks or – more bands for you to play. Oh, man, look at that ugly guy. Man, I'm back in the hole. So, first thing, so well, he's such an extreme drummer, so first thing is, how was Extreme? There was just Extreme was here. I, you know, I really enjoyed it, and Living Color played a short set. They only played a half hour or so, but you know what? It was, to me, I saw my friend Marty there, uh, drummer, he plays with, like, uh, Don Cristiano and those guys. Anyway, you know, it was like a master class for drummers with guitars and singing. That's like, I mean, it, it was, uh, both those drummers were really, really good. Very groove oriented, obviously, but great fills and, and a great house mix. I mean, you, you know, it used to be drums kind of get, in that style of music, the drums are front and center because the beat is the, is the big, you know, pushes the song. So it's a lot of good funk stuff, I, I, and I enjoy it. I like Vernon Reed. Oh, yeah, man. And I know a lot of people, If the only song they're going to know from Living Color is called The Personality, especially now because pro wrestler CM Punk uses it. But they're very funk. Yeah. They're very, I, like, sort of... They played another song that was a, a minor hit. I remember the yeah. other one. Yeah. and and um, But, you know, it was funny, Vernon Reed, the, the singer made a comment he said something about thanking the house of guitars he goes thanks for thanking house of guitars for uh adding to vernon's you know insane vernon's a guitar player yeah insane you know uh obsession with guitars <laughs> and he probably bought something or something and i also now this is the guitarist from extreme nino Battencourt. Nuno. Nuno. He's really good. Because it's funny. Remember those uh, bands reunited shows? Yeah. There's a really good one about Extreme where they don't reunite, but the lead singers tell them, the MTV guys, now don't piss them off. Yeah. It's really difficult. <laughs> I mean, it was a Tuesday show, and I'm sure by later shows in that week, because I have to be honest, there were a couple spots where they, they tried these acapella things, and, you know, they were they were... 98% on, but there were little things like, oh, man, uh, they're reaching for the note kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, all in all, they're pros, so they, they got they pulled it off. But, I mean, I bet you, like, they're going to work on some of that stuff because, uh, yeah, well, the only thing I noticed, though, all the playing was extremely good. Gary Cherone's a great singer. It's interesting and, about uh, the Van Halen thing Chirone. with Cherone because I read a book with interviews of Eddie Van Halen. Eddie's difficult a little bit and eccentric. Yeah, I'll bet. But he loved, he actually loved Gary Sharon. Yeah. Because he said the thing with Sammy Hagar, Hagar took it as work. So at 8 o'clock at night, he quit, where like Eddie would want to sometimes right. just go on. But Gary Sharon, he had him live in his house. And he would just play it. He really liked him. Right. So even though that, supposedly, and Gary Sharon says they didn't fire him. He decided to quit. He just said it wasn't wasn't working or anything. Yeah, well, it's a it was a strange match, but um, well, they had a guy who could sing, but maybe you know, there's always the the chemistry thing. You know, I actually have it's not a cassette, but I still have it, and it might have been a radio broadcast. I can't remember because I used to record a lot of that King Biscuit stuff and the King Biscuit, the flower. Yeah, album. and and but this was maybe older than that. But it was whatever era Gary Sharon was with Van Halen, 90-something. Late 90s. Yeah. So, so late 90s. anyway, it's it's them live in Australia, and it's uh, it's Sharon singing, and it's really good. I mean, you know, was, you can't take away from the fact that he was a good singer. And there's a novelty thing, too, trying to hear the, old, the others, the Hagar and Ross song right. with his voice. I get a kick out of that. It's like with live evil hearing Dio do, like Ozzy. Yeah, but, I yeah. am Iron Man. Yeah, right. Or anything like that. Plus, I get to tell my extreme story, which I always want right. to bring in here. So when I was in Russia, the last days of the Soviet Union, and I'm in a hotel in Moscow, and they had MTV Europe, and oh, that's wow. when I first saw Extreme. The song was Get the Funk Out. What a great song. And that's how, and so it was weird for me because I saw Get the Funk Out, and I think, oh, this is kind of, so what do I hear back here when they break? More than words. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well yeah. The hole in my heart too was the other one. Yeah, there's another one. 
Well, that's a much better song because that pushes a little more. But you know what I thought was really nice? They did more than words, and they they stopped, you know, for a second. And he talked about what happened at Kodak in the beginning of the year there with that accident, uh, attempted genocide thing. We <laughs> and actually, he, John, I'm just breaking the my friend, you know, John Adams, been on the show. Yeah, he's been Ubering. He was across the street. Oh man! And he saw. It. Oh wow! And. That had to be surreal. And the thing was, there's a guy he's trying to pick up, and the guy wants him to cross the police lines to get him. So like, yeah, hey, yeah. Come yeah. To me. I, uh, yeah. So he 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 dedicated it to the family of of the people that were killed, and I, I mean, it was kind of a weird way to weird first thought for me. But the first thought I got was, man, this family's probably got free carte blanche to every show ever here you know and it's just it's like i i actually thought like you know about like the two kids that you know you're just going out to have a good time and some insanity like yeah. that happens yeah and we'll never know it's like could have been i mean, it's not like something that would be a target you know but no no but i just thing. think and then people being stupid people that they are sometimes you know they're gonna say oh that jam music oh it tracks weirdos you know, and stuff like that. I hope that doesn't happen. No, I know. Like, one of my friends always goes to, like, Mo every New Year's Eve. He didn't go this year. And he's just like, yeah, they like to dance. And I always say, it's not my thing, but if you like it, you like it. I, I love that stuff. I have to admit. I, I, uh, I don't know. I like that. I like that noodling and the spacey stuff. In oh. fact, I'm going to be jamming with some other guys. He's starting uh, the promos already. <laughs> I'm well, I've been jamming with these other guys, or I'm going to be jamming with some guys, I think, called Cultivation or something, and they do that sort of style. Well, I would think, too, as, as a musician, that's got to be where you can really have fun and just go all out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, things are ramping up for me. I, I'm just sort of like, instead of getting less yes, busy, I'm getting Phil more Collins busy. He's Collins of our era, I swear. Yeah, well. Plus, he's got a hot dog cart. He <laughs> serves white hots outside after the show. Yeah. Stop on down. I'm sure I'm going to get some band people upset with me. <laughs> what? Another man? <laughs> How many days of the week are there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to re- teach I, judo, and I, yeah. you, you do the show here. And I got the Scrabble thing on Tuesdays <laughs> that I skipped for the concert. <laughs> but actually, one question is a follow-up, because you did a Spinal Tap, and you exploded for the last That's show, trying right. to carry on. But <laughs> <laughs> one of your thoughts, one thing we talked about a little, or like, well, a lot, actually, was stereos. And you remember, like, growing up, some of the stereos, because I guess Bob's was one of the first. Like, do you remember, like, what stereo shops you had around? Well, funny you mentioned that. In equipment that. shops, too. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, the the guitarist that plays with Brian Lindsay now, Lloyd Gala, his dad had Gala Sound. And that was another big, like Bob Hyatt's, it was another big stereo store that, that was like high-end stereo. There was that, there was, uh, well, Lafayette. I used to go to Lafayette Electronics a lot, and they, they started having some pretty cool stuff, because there was one down near my house. I'm trying to think of what else there was, though. Well, there was, a, there was a place in East Rochester. I'm not sure if he's still in business. I, I did some work with him. I bought some Bose speakers from him. But he had a mix of older and newer stuff. But he had, like, the Marantz stuff and Sherwood and all that kind of tried-and-true amps and speakers and things. And he was right on Commercial Street in East Rochester. But... Um, I honestly don't know. The one I remember, actually, and I do have to do a shout-out to the sound source, which is around now. Oh, yeah. Go because they're one of the sponsors of the Great Baron Show, The Rumble, so I got to just say, cool. You know what? That reminds me. Thank you. I got to stop in there on one of my days off and noodle, uh, yeah, nose around. (laughs) (laughs) I could. Well, I know, I know Hannah, but I know. I guess Chuck took it over yeah. a couple of years ago, and I guess Steve says he's doing a real good job. Yeah, they have some nice gear in there. They have some used stuff, some new stuff. I'll tell you that place. When you walk in the back door, if you're astute and you look around at what they have sitting in the back, and they have sometimes they just have signs, either free or I picked up like a disco-y light. It didn't work quite right, but it still works. It was free, so I got that. And then I got a really nice drum case for fifteen bucks. I mean, Did you, you go knocking go on the back door. Huh? Uh, <laughs> and actually, it's funny because like when Hannah had like she like her shows, especially like when they were doing the little shop of hoarders, there's always somebody who's gone to the first shows to see her. So don't you work at the sound source? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
but the one I remember was Duke Spinners. Oh, yeah, my first that's drum one, set. That's the one I remember the most that I used yeah, to hear about. My first drum set came from Duke Spinners at Lexington and, and Dewey. That's where it was from? Yeah. Because I couldn't figure out exactly where it was. Well, that was later. He was on Main Street yeah. first, I believe. Or, or maybe it was the other way around. No, I think he was... I, I think he was on East Main. He was sometime. at. He, he was at. Wait a minute. I'm trying to think there. Dewey and sorry, Driving Park, Driving Park and Dewey. That's where he had a big store on the corner, and that's where I got my first drum set. It was a Ludwig Hollywood with the double toms. I was oh my god, Is there double like toms. A, there should be like a plaque up. This yeah, Greg. I actually haven't because I used to drive down there. Should have never sold them. To Empire <laughs> Comics. Sometimes I drive down and I'd see all the shops and everything. Right. You know, but the other one too. Got to give a plug to Bodunzio. That's another good place. Yep. And yep, I used to great. love like the the shows. They were always fun. Yep. Which they don't. But I guess you know everything like a few years ago, or you know everything got sort of. There's a good store, or the place I used to teach at. I haven't had any students there, but I still go in there every now and then. Uh, good vibes. It's at Dewey and Stone, and they have all kinds of records, used records, and. You know, I mean, you can get a really decent record for twenty, twenty-five bucks. That's yeah, another classic. Place to explore is Needle Drop on Monroe. And where is that? It's, it's yeah. right down. It's at Twelve Corners. You will miss it. Ah, <laughs> okay. The plaza. You got to remember. And Ben Morey had a show there. They ah. were just getting started. That's like a little treasure trove. Like they get in these weird movies. It's like one of those great type of stores I like, where there's stuff all over the place right. on the floor. There's a, there's one that one on Gregory Street too. too. No, that's where the needle from. No, the... that was needle drop. I think. They oh, moved, they moved. Oh, okay. But that's what I love. Like you said about the sound source in these stores, I just love to go in, and you don't know. Hey, there might be a strobe light or a lava lamp. Right. How much you want for it? Well, can you carry it? <laughs> so I got to tell you a funny story about the light I got from sound source. So it's supposed to be a rotating light, and it's got all these dots, different colors, right? It's a wheel, so there's like different bulbs in there, or the wheel has different colors. So. And it spins around, and it does the circles on the ceiling and stuff. So I plugged it in, and I was I, I hit it a couple times, and it moved a little, and then stopped. It moved a little, and stopped. And so I thought, oh well, you know, I'll just leave it on. It'll look kind of cool as a decorative. So I put, I got the idea. I put it right against my bass drum leg in the basement. So every time I hit the drum, it gets the thing to move. <laughs> so it's now, now it moves. <laughs> I had the one. I had the one that had the suits of cards in different colors. Oh, it did cool. the same thing where it wouldn't move. So I would just shine a light on. <laughs> there's the red one. There's the green one. I that's, think also we need to get like for guests. That's low tech a, light show. We boards. need to get a scientist to clone you. Then you can play it every. Day. That's right. Well, I'm trying to reach that hundred band goal that everybody seems to think I'm in. So we got ninety more to go. <laughs> but you want to make some points about Batman. <coughs> oh, well, yeah. I was just saying that the Adam West show, you know, and everybody goes, "Oh yeah, campy and all that." And it's 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 a great show, and I still love the the genius of it. The first season's my favorite because they did that fine line between crazy, absurd, and serious kind of detective show. Because if you look at the first season, way more night scenes, and they had the cool yellow lights in the Batmobile yeah. in the front. So, I mean, they, they tried to kind of keep it to a darker detective story, and they had the right idea, and then they kind of started ramping up, ramping the camp, as it were. And, uh, but... I was reading a lot of these older Batman stories from different compilations and, and things. And when I read about uh, the producer of the show, he said, well, I had some comics. I got some. And he goes, I started reading them. And then he keeps saying, well, I couldn't see any other way to do it because originally they were going to have it be a serious adventure show. <clears throat> and they said, well, hey, he goes, I was reading them and I, I couldn't see any way, other way to do it than kind of over the top. So they went that way, but if you look at the comics, they are kind of over the top because he's escaping from all these traps. Um, he uh, Robin's always making these goofy puns, and even Batman while they're fighting, oh, you're gonna take it on the chin, and he's hitting them, you know, stuff like <laughs> Especially that. Especially in the fifties, <laughs> like I mean, you go back to like the real early ones; it's hardcore crime. Yeah, but you go through the fifties, and that's when they had all like the Batman of Zero and R, which was like this yeah. guy in another world. Right. Well, you got that whole the comics code and a lot of weird sh 
stuff start happening. Imagine like if the Rat Pack did a Batman or a Justice League. Oh movie. man, Sinatra would be Superman. I'd say Dean Martin yeah. would be Batman. Who'd be Green Lantern? Probably Peter Lawford. No. Yeah, it would be good. Would Peter Lawford be? be? Would he be? <laughs> would he be Green Lantern or would he be? He'd be Martian Manhunter. Yeah, there you go. Because you have a guy in the 50s like that who's like hiding his identity because yeah. of segregation, all that garbage. I look at you with my x-ray eye. Have Joey Bishop be the Adam. <laughs> Joey Bishop. Yeah, that'd be and cool. Telly Savalas could be the Sparrow. <laughs> He'd be the Telly's like the best over-the-top villain yeah. there are. He would be. He would have been a good Lex Luthor probably. Oh, yeah, he would have been great as Luthor. I think he would have taken it over the top and everything, too. It's funny. I was reading, you know, those these Google things you see. Oh, every this show or every this movie or costume ranked worst to best. And they, they had a Superman one. And a lot of the older movies like Superman Returns and a lot of their the, the feeling on those are going, well, a lot of these movies didn't get the attention they should have. And they would note the good points of it. And because when I watch a lot of these over again, I'm going, why did nobody like this? This was, this was pretty good. And there's so much involved with the, the, not politics, I mean, but the Hollywood politics and, and, and what's trending and what isn't and what timing. And, you know, it's such a crapshoot sometimes. I like Superman Returns. I own it. Yeah, I do too. I think the problem with some people is, they tried to make it as a sequel where it's like he was away. It takes up from literally Reeves movies. Yeah, well, see, what I didn't like, I keep reading about that. It's an homage. Okay, an homage is one thing. But to directly steal the dialogue, like the airplane, safest way to travel, uh, you know, it was not necessary to repeat all that stuff. I think he should have found a different way to incorporate that same mood without exactly because it's almost like well why am I watching a remake and I think you know, like Brandon Roth is playing Christopher Reeve more than he's playing Superman he's yeah. playing his Superman right and they have the old idea again where there's always that question in comics how can superheroes testify because they have their masks on they think that Superman goes to Krypton so Lex Luthor gets away right because he's not there to testify against them right right I think that's great I, I thought that was a kind of a cool. Uh, huh, how much do you think that pissed him off? A lot. Oh yeah. A lot. Oh yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> but I also I always the question I was how did these guys get driver's license? You <laughs> figure okay if they caught him like a cop pulled them over, so they pulled Batman over. Remember like the good thing about like oh there's a ticket on the car. No, it's our duty to pay. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking off, you'd have to give him your license. Would it have to be his brood? You can't have like a guy in a mask. And, I know. <laughs> would he take his driver's test with a mask? It would probably be like George Clooney with the credit card. He's got his own license. Oh, that <laughs> <laughs> when he pulls up, what they do with that? Don't drive without it. That was the other thing, the, the nipples. Yeah, the oh nipple, my God. The nipples suit. But I have to say, I really liked Batman Forever. I... I I still I enjoy because I thought they mixed. They did a nice mix of crazy with, with See, and I the villainy was was stupid over the top, which is how See, you. Tommy Lee have. Jones was over, underrated as Two Face. I thought. Oh yeah, man! I thought he was great. Oh, these guys are nuts. I mean, that's the whole point of their characters is they're uncontrollable. You don't know what they're gonna do, and I, so they're gonna. Do I don't know. Thing. I'm one of those people that doesn't hate on Vel Kilmer in the role. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He played the type of guy. He's, I thought he played it well. He just didn't have... Always the villains are going to outshine him because they're all yeah. the lunatics. The only part I didn't like, I didn't like the bank guard in the beginning because it was just kind of stupid. Well, what Schumacher <laughs> said was they told them it's more, it became more about, it's like with Star Wars too. The with toys. Luke's, the <laughs> toys and the marketing. So you had to put all this stuff in. Yeah. Well, you know, if you ever want to, I can lend it to you. Um, I found it of all places. I think Big Lots. That's your treasure trove. It is my treasure trove, man. Six bucks or something, or ten bucks. Or no, it might have been, actually, it might have been Target or Walmart, but I can't remember. But I found all four of the movies with commentaries. I have it. So you do have that? It has so, the Donner cut. No, this is oh, the Batman. Oh, I have the Batman one, too. Yeah, this is, you have a Donner one with all the... You have the Donner cut. It's like, it's got the four Super, but it's got the Donner cut. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like the Donner cut. Not cuts the Blitzen or the Comet or the Cupid. <laughs> I like the Donner cut's really good. Once you see it, though, you can't go back to the other one. That's the yeah. problem. But, but when Schumacher does his commentary, you know, he, he's, um, he's not apologetic, but he's like, well, I was really trying to lighten the tone, 
and I was really trying to make it a family thing. And, you know, he goes, eh, was it the right thing to do? You know, he really assesses it pretty well. Um, rest in peace, Joel. And uh, But, you know, I think he had a tough... Because when those studio guys come down on you and they're they're writing the check, I mean, you, you're kind of screwed. you got to do what they tell you. And I did my, like, little review of it. All I did say it was fun. Basically, two crazies are out and bam, it's going to take them down. Right. What else do you want? I mean, I like the circus part. I thought they, they did a good job incorporating that. Yeah, because that's the whole thing. People don't get, Robin a lot in. of people forget, like, Robin is actually, that's for Robin Hood. Right. And I always make a joke, though, about sidekicks. It's like, yeah, let's bring the little kids out. Ah, here's the little kid. Uh, because, but you know what, the whole reason behind sidekicks, and like Stan Lee didn't like him. That's why sort of Rick Jones was universal on it. Yeah. But why? Because who read comics? Right. The kids that age. Bucky. So he was sort of, plus you needed the guides that like, he could explain he had to rescue you and everything. Right. I mean... I like that they made Chris O'Donnell was good in the role. I I like that they made him a little bit of an older person because you know I, I don't want to see some ten year old kid running around with Batman. Gee, you Batman. Know? Well, I'll tell you, like I I don't know if I'd even. Why can't I have a puppy? <laughs> I know, but the one line that got me in Batman Forever, which I actually cracked up on, was when they're chasing him to the hideaway, and yeah. he goes, "Holy rusted metal, Batman!" Yeah, Batman. right. Oh, uh, right? rusted metal. <laughs> It's holy. And I actually have a Batman book from the 66 show. It has a list of, like, there's 72 holy words. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. So there's that the one Batman episode. I think it's the one where Penguin runs for mayor and he steals the Batmobile. That debate's awesome. You know. You know how many times they've used that plot? So it was in the comics. It was in that show. And then they turned around and used it for Batman too, and they always change it because I think there's the one with the Riddler tries to steal it, but it's it's bat booby trap. Yeah. So it explodes. The other ones they just steal it. Yeah. Or they let them in the night in the 1966 movie. But in this in this episode, they confront him. They confront them in the Batmobile. They I forget how they got there. Uh, but they obviously the crooks think that they're already dead. They go, wait a minute. You're dead. What are we seeing, ghosts? And Robin's like, ghosts, huh? You guys don't have the right spirit. And that's perfect because that's that's the kind of stuff he would say in the comics and all the time. And all the well, he's supposed to say a little bit. He's a teenager, a little bit of a wise ass, right. a little bit cocky. And the thing for me, they do in terms of origin, like Adventures of Superman. They have the origin story first episode, right. but they have all they do is like mention it once. In the Batman show, where it's like, you know, it's murdered, and then so right. we just dedicate ourselves to. So, gee, all I would do is look up people who had money who got murdered, right. figure it out. Because you, <laughs> you always had to figure the guy had to have a lot of cash. Yeah, I think what they did in Batman Begins was good. They made his father, you know, like a. But I really like what they did with the new one, with with making him sort of a bad, you know. Getting in league with the gangs and stuff to yeah. get the money. I mean, his vision, it was well-placed, but he got in bed with the wrong people, so to speak. And uh, I think that's a much more realistic take than just being a benevolent benefactor. But the one I'm glad they didn't do would have ruined the whole thing was Grant Morrison's Batman R.I.P., where they made it out where the villain pretended he was uh, Thomas Wayne. Uh. And that Alfred was having an affair with his wife. Oh, he wow. never died, but that would have wrecked the whole. Grant Morrison, man, but that guy's got that would have wrecked the whole canon. Bye, Andy. Bye. So, so, so now we got to shut the stuff off. We yeah. run the studio now. Thanks. Yeah, we're going to be <laughs> running to do the control. All right, all right. You can deal with all my lunatic clients. Now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you want some good porn? Get on our site after the show. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, I'm really excited now. I've been reading up. There's a new animated series coming out on Amazon called The Cape Crusader, I think. Oh. And I forget the guy's name, Brubaker or something or other. You look it up. Um, Ed Brubaker? Yeah. No, he's a writer. Yeah, he's a Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's, he's at the helm good. of this thing. And he said it's going to be gritty. He's he a said, crime writer. He said people are going to get punched on screen, as he said, puts it. He <laughs> said, he said, uh, it's going to be like what Tim or Bruce Tim wanted to do but couldn't because of the networks or whatever. And it, Bruce Tim says it's going to be great. It's oh, film noirish. Like cleaning products in the hall. 
<laughs> Super film noirish, and uh, it's going to be really, really you good. Had, you, do you have the what's the nineteen seventy series with Adam West and Burt Ward in it? What the return the, the of cartoons. the cartoon? Well, oh, I have, oh, I have that, those. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have those. I you know I don't care. I love those. They're so stupid. Is that They're the Casey like, Kasem with doing more, Yeah, with the <laughs> with the Mordred water yeah. skiing and all these. I don't know. I just. I mean, you got to take them. Don't take comic books so seriously. You know, the filmation cartoons are like a legacy because yeah. they're just so. They're so minimal, and it's all the stuff we watched, and we just thought it was the nuts, you know. And also, I picked it up when we were—I was with you and Litvak at Archive, where they have that cool Batman. The last time Adam West and Burt Ward, yeah, I think Julie Newmar was Shatner was Two Face. Was that back in the Bat? Oh no, yeah, I yeah. have that. Oh, and then back of the yeah. Batcave was the live one. Yeah, when they came back. I have that—the one with Shatner. Well, I heard from a couple people who like went to cons. That Burt Ward and Adam West made up later on because they, oh, yeah. they had a lot of because I guess there were some signings where they had like a wall like this between them. Oh Jesus! <laughs> because I don't know if I'd recommend reading Burt Ward's book or not. Yeah, take a shower afterwards, basically. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, you never know what these guys do. Okay, so radio trick number one: making fire on radio. Yes. You never know what you're going to get. Now, don't you feel nice and warm and toasty now? Okay. That's it. Radio trick number one. All right. And he's been... He didn't trust us. You don't litter in the (laughs) studio, do you? He didn't trust us. Hey, I'll pick it up later. But what... (laughs) So, I've read it. If you want to borrow it, I just finished Ian Gillen's bio. Oh, I'd love to read that. I'll bring that in. And the thing is, I'm going to say... Now, never meeting the man. He comes off as one of those who really bends over backwards, shall we say, not to say bad stuff about people. Because you could probably guess who the most interesting character in the right. book is. He has a wicked sense of humor. His sense of humor is so funny. Some of his lyrics. Yeah, like nobody nobody came. No one yeah. came for miles around. That's all said, about yeah. that's what that song's I about. <laughs> he said it was it's you know, it's what every band fears. Yeah. We're going and there's nobody there. And uh, what was his other song that was funny? The Farmer's Daughter there? <laughs> a lot of his songs are funny, though. Yeah. I mean, knocking at your back door. He's like that one song, uh, Anyone's Daughter. He goes, Because I got the Farmer's Daughter. It was nice. And there's he another really that in funny there. one. Yeah. No Laughing in Heaven. Yeah. Where there's this guy trying to be good who's been like a scoundrel. He gets to heaven. He realizes it's no fun. Right. And they all go to hell. It's almost like that Twilight Zone episode in reverse. Yeah. But what's cool, too, like a couple like Richie Blackburn was, is like he's got a really sort of nasty sense of humor in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, I've never met the guy, and I've had like read accounts where some people he's like super cool. You just got to get him on the right day, and I guess he hates the, oh, you're great. Yeah. Like if you tell him, hey, how's, how's, what football team are you following? Or ask him about music. He might like talk to you. But one of the things he did was, like, Roger Glover, they all, like, had the venereal diseases on the road. Oh, man. Like he said, <laughs> the old days. He said, but Roger Glover wasn't feeling well. And like, so they had it where, I can't, I don't know, the doctor won't tell me. So they're going to get, like, he's going to skip the gig. What Richie goes, Richie goes to Ian. He goes, if he's sick. He should play because if he dies, we can cremate him in front of the uh, ass. But I never realized this. Now, did you go to Purple? And it's a long time ago, so you might. Do you see Purple on Perfect Strangers when they play at the War Memorial? They played with Blackfoot. I don't remember. See, I, what I don't remember is they played. I guess they had a huge problem in Purple, or whatever, with Richie doing encores and sometimes they couldn't get him out sometimes they would grab the guitarist from the opening band or come out as a foursome and they would do they couldn't get him or they just reluctant what richie would always say was the audience doesn't deserve one tonight (laughs) that's so stupid stuff like that i mean most of the time encores are written in the contract I told that to somebody and I deflated them because they that burst their bubble of of their but i can't remember because what happened it was like when they played, I'm glad I saw the Mark II lineup. And yeah. when they played, it was like almost like they signed to play an hour and a half and they played. I can't remember if they did an encore because what they did was the lights came on, then they went off, everybody's cheering, and they stayed off. Then they went on, everybody's booing their heads off because nobody came out. Oh, man. 
<laughs> but he's like, I mean, like, there's a couple, there's a lot of funny stories about Richie, obviously. And, uh, like, I guess he used to, like, have, like, a slingshot. He used to shoot, like, peas at cops and then people <laughs> when they drew, when they were driving the limo. Must be nice to just be, have wild but there's abandoned. one when he comes to knock on the door, and I don't know, he goes to, is there, so he knocks on the door, his girlfriend's back here, Richie's standing back, he's got, and he goes, he actually asked Ian to join Rainbow. Wow. And Ian's like, well, no, I'm doing my thing. He's like, why are you seeing the other way back? I thought the first thing you do would punch me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, but it's just to watch, like, reading. But you don't realize, like, Ian, and I actually want to pick up some of the gill and stuff now. But the best. I el- have a couple the of The best those. album he said he ever did was an album with Roger Glover. And they worked out at the same time as he came back to Purple for The Battle Rages On. They were like having, actually for House of Blue Light, because they said Richie was being Richie. Battle so, Rages On is a good record. I don't care what anybody says. I think it's really good, because it's just, it still sounds like old Deep Purple. Well, it's the last time yeah. you would ever get the, because that's when Richie flipped out during tour and quit for good. Yeah. But, but I have a couple. I have the Ian, I have an Ian Gillen Band album that's really good. And that's on Polydor. And yeah, I have they a, had a lot of issues on. with like record companies. If you read the book, you could tell it's a good, it's a fun. I'll bring. Yeah, it that sounds week. good. But um, there was some, oh, so there was this one live album. I'll never forget. I think it's so funny, and it's a great comment because I always throw it out at sound checks and stuff. Ian Gillen, they're, they're talking about the sound or something between songs, and somebody says something about their monitor and you know something or other, and Ian Gillen goes, yeah. Make everything louder than everything else. <laughs> I guess. I love it. It's and just such a wicked sense this. of humor. Ian doesn't like live albums. Oh, yeah? He doesn't like them at all. Now, he, now his reasoning, you know, makes sense in a way. He said, I don't like them. And everybody, and he said, everybody knows my stance on it. I've never hit it. He said, because I believe you have to be there to experience life. Yeah. It's one moment, and it's the minute you got that locked in your brain, and every time you go see him, you think it's. But right. I actually have a really good one. I have a, one of the live album with Steve Morris on guitar. Mm-hmm. I have the Japan one, where they're in Tokyo or something. Yeah. That's really good. But he said the big problems with Purple were him and Richie. So like Pace Lord and Glover were like basically nice guys, right? And like said, Ian Pace still comes off as hilarious because he said. All Pacey thinks about is counting. It's like counting his money. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you don't do. It's a business. I mean, you do have to look at it as a job to a certain degree. I mean, an arty attitude is great when you're doing the music, but you can't forget the business part because you'll you'll get screwed. <laughs> I mean, like you, you do your jazz odyssey, then you do your cover bands. And- yeah, I do whatever I can do. I mean, it, you know, it's not big money by any means, obviously, but you know. A hundred or two hundred dollars every couple of weeks, you know, it's 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 there. You know, I, I, gotta I always have like it. I always I always use the Burt Lancaster example because Lancaster would and Clint Eastwood in a way too, where they would do their action films that would be to fund like their arty films, right? Like I think what you do is you try to get popular and then you could start doing the arty stuff for music. Yeah, hey, you go on a limb and then you make a, a film for film people. Yeah. yeah. But that's but it's like there's a lot of good stuff. But I didn't realize like there's over like ten albums with his going band. He also had the one Garth Rocket. Is a that side, one I don't know. Wow. It's a side project. Uh, the Javelins and all these other ones. I had this other one. I think it's it's. Well, I got the Ashton and Lord one, and then I have the Ian Gillen band. But I think there's one more that I might have that's like. I don't know. I can't. The one, but, yeah. Come on. No, but I mean, if you if you listen to their, um, well, the first two albums don't count because that's the other singer. But those are so way different, and you know, with help and Hey Joe and all kinds of we weird can work covers. It out and like the for like they book a talent. You're like, well, what's going on here? They were, it's all they, these like psychedelic. Jams. They were trying to do the vanilla fudgy thing, and that was big at the time, and that's kind of what we're. A lot of and people I guess there emulating. was a big inspiration for them, too. Oh, yeah, man. They were big. People don't realize they were opening. I mean, they were headlining, and Zeppelin and guys were opening for Fudge. I mean, it was nuts. But <clears throat> there was one other thing I wanted to... So I bought this one album. I was at... Um, oh, man. We were at Grassroots or maybe True Was that a music know. store or like a something shop? Or? It was a music shop. And it's a deep purple... Made in Sweden, live thing, and it's really good. And um, 
it's a double album and it's you know got Speed King and all that stuff and it's a it's really good because it's a different different versions different not American and it's a it's a really good album but there's this other album I have that's just a mix of Deep Purple but the picture on the cover you can tell it's obviously it's a cheap knockoff by some you know KTEL thing and it's like the picture on the cover that has Glenn Hughes and Coverdale, and they're nowhere on the record. <laughs> That's like the time Ian McLaughlin, bless him, <clears throat> he's passed, unfortunately. <clears throat> he played here at the German house. Yeah, I gave him that would have been good. I wish I would have seen him. I got to know him, which is really cool. Oh, yeah? He's a great guy. Just awesome. And I actually ran into him shopping at the Bob shop the day after a gig. Wow. I got to ask him some, like, I got to ask him a Rod Stewart story from his book, and he goes, Rod's all wrong on that. Uh, <laughs> and he explained to me how, like, like they got banned from Holiday Inns. He's like, well, I chucked the tray out the window. Why did I do it? Felt like the thing to do. <laughs> and everything. But he did, like, so, so he signs. I have a double album of Small Faces. He looks at it. It's like a German. It's like a German import. He's like, where'd you get this? I was like, uh, this is a bootleg. Uh, <laughs> like, I'll sign it anyways. It's like, you want to sign your name? Rob? I had a manager named Rob rip me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You can't go to everything. I mean, that's the thing. Right. I mean, a lot of these guys, they have good experiences. They have bad experiences. But the short time that I did traveling, I mean, I was on the road for a good six, seven years. And, you know, I mean, granted, it was more of a show bandy thing. But, you know, I liked hotels. I liked having everything... That's one of my like, things I just love, though. Imagine, like, you read someone's book, like I read Rod Stewart's autobiography. You can get it clarified, like, the stories by a guy who was in it. Right. The face. But he said, like, the whole story was they got kicked out of the Holiday Inn. They got, so what they did was they checked in under under different band names. Uh. So, But he said Rod's wrong because Rod said, like, they checked in as the Grateful Dead. He goes, no, that he explained why they got booted <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, we checked in his family because why? They were on our label. Then they chucked them. Out. Wow! <laughs> you imagine that? So then we checked in his Fleetwood Mac, and I'm like, which one are you and Stevie? Uh, oh my god! No, but it's just cool too, like being a fan, like coming around, and like you meet like somebody's stuff you like, and they turn out to be cool, right? You I mean, some some musicians are good musicians, and they like what they do, and I just I think a lot of this self loathing that you get into. I'm not really sure why it happens, but, I mean, you're probably lonely and, you know, it's repetitive and it's tiring, for, for sure. I mean, it is tiring so that's, to tour. Like, like, part of, like, the, the book there is, like, Ian especially, they toured the world more. Like, the Gillen Band was never popular here. Right. So they toured the world. And he's, like, all these exotic locations and everything. I mean, you can't take those memories back. I mean, you can't. There's no substitute for that stuff. Even Lou Graham. I mean, look at all the stuff he's did. Yeah, I mean, I just get you know? the thing where I don't know how many years I could do it like that because I used to travel a lot, and now it's like, well, can you imagine, like, okay, you're going to be gone for eight months. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think we're going to take trend, this on the road. We're going to start right? in Singapore. And <laughs> yeah. The circus <laughs> comes to town, but I think um, I don't know. I think the trend now is. They're getting because especially because you have an older demographic of of players. But you know, well, we're gonna go out for you know eight weeks, ten weeks. Well, I think the Stones, you know, like I think like when they did the European tour, it was like spaced like between like f three to five days apart. Right. It was like twenty, and I guess this tour. It, oh, shut up! We actually yeah. had our first. Bob answered a call last week. Bob Hyde answered a business call on the air, which was awesome. That's the carnival. Anybody oh, calls, nice. you can just answer it on the air. But the, Stone, but the Stones, <laughs> I think they're doing like around 20 days within three months. And you got to figure, too, that's a big set to transport. Right. But these guys are in their 80s, too. Yeah, but you know they're not suffering either. They're not staying at Motel 8, you know. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, I'm not going to see him, uh, you know, down that Red Roof Inn. Hey, Keith, yeah. how you doing out there? They're not sniffing hash under glass anymore. You know, now they're doing a real good stuff. <laughs> well, I heard, like, if you had stocks, like, in liquor stores when Keith gave up drinking, they went, all, they went way down. 
But one of the things, like Ian, as I said again, you'll see, you read it. He's very polite, and he said there's a lot of stuff between Richie and I. Let's put it this way. It'll come out after both of us are dead. Yeah. But there's like, but he said, though, his one analysis of Richie was supposedly he never got praised when he was a kid. Uh, and there's a sad story about, like, he played, Richie played with Gene Vincent, and Gene Vincent would come on, and he'd go, well, now here's the ditty I wrote. And then he'd stare at Richie. And Richie would start to go into Bebopalula, and nothing would happen. And he realized Gene was crocked on his whiskey, and he didn't know what song it was, and he wanted Richie to remind him. Uh, yeah. So what do you do after? He's like, I don't like the way that guitarist dresses fire him. Jesus. <laughs> so have you seen the guys? I wish I could have done that. You, you saw Godzilla Minus One, didn't you? Yeah, it's great. Because I'm just going to buy What it. a really, yeah, what a really great story. I mean... It was a great story, you know. I mean, there was a lot of story to it. The characters weren't just, ah, run, ah, Godzilla, you know. I mean, there was a nice love story there and um, some real human interest stuff, and, and, and it played well. I mean, they really got into the whole destruction thing and what it does to people's some people's lives in this particular. They said story. even it wasn't even made for fifteen million; it was less. Yeah, and Cuba Man, I think that says this a shout out to all these like like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which could have grossed like it would never make its budget back because it costs so much. That's another thing that bugs me now about the <laughs> modern filmmaking. It's just like by the time you pay off all these megastars and what they want, I mean, yeah, the budgets get stupid. And then sometimes you get these smaller films, they spend less money, and they get people that want to act, and they're they're able to, they work for a you know a decent wage, but not crazy, you know. You can get a couple million instead of you know, or you can do a lot million. of what they <laughs> do, know? like on the first Star Wars, is they got percentages, right? If you took a percentage, they were set for life, right? Well, you got to take the gamble. And Donald Sutherland said that they offered him a flat fee of two hundred fifty thousand or a percentage of Animal House. He's like, I'll take this. Nobody's going to see this movie. He said he lost out on twelve million dollars, right? Well, that's the gamble. I would rather gamble once. Yeah. Why not? Because if you lose, you could still do other films. Well, you've but got isn't the... there like? I mean, it's amazing. You take this big guy in a rubber suit. Right. You get all this smoke. Because isn't it like, and we could tell some of the story because it's been out for a while. Isn't it like a kamikaze pilot who decides he's not going to do his mission, lands on an yeah. island or something? Yeah. yeah, he chickens out and and he he crashes. In a different way. Yeah. And um, he's kind of shunned as as per the Japanese, you know, Losing respect face. thing. Losing yeah. face. And, uh. You know, he's all ashamed and he's kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, then it turns around where he's, he gets a job on a boat. And he goes, I got this, because he meets a girl. And he goes, I got this great job. You know, and then they have a baby and all that. So he's got to get a job. Remember that, kids? When you get have babies, get jobs. Thank you. Have them before, <laughs> maybe get them before. Even that, would help. that would probably be good. Yeah, get the job first. Don't be a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make babies. <laughs> but... Um, he's a so, drummer, he's not a violin player. Why a drummer? <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I just make a noise. <laughs> Although it's a joyous noise. Right? Joyous noise. <laughs> so, um, you anyway. like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, he gets, he gets, oh, I got this job on a boat. And what he's got to do is he's got, he's got a, uh, they have some kind of, gadget and they can hone in on the mines that are left over from the war so then they blow them up so it's pretty interesting and i think too it's like now godzilla is back to being the ultimate badass on these right. new uh last like shin godzilla which i honestly was so so but he's he's a force of nature now he just doesn't care yeah he's very yeah he's just running around killing stuff you know? but do you have like a fate like like some top ones from the from the whole series of Godzilla? Not really. Um, probably Ghidorah is pretty good. It's good. I like it. It's Monster Zero here. It's Monster Tech Zero. Astro Monster. Because yeah. I think that has all the elements. It's got like the UFOs. It's got Nick Adams. Yep. That one's That's good. That's a good one. And actually, I do like it. This is the cartoony phase in the 70s. But Godzilla vs. Megalodon. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And I saw that... They, I don't remember the, what it was on Channel 31. They had the Phantom of the Theater with Jerry Carr, like, dressed in oh, yeah. makeup. Yeah. And it was Godzilla versus Megalodon. The with, Chiller? Yeah. Yeah, the Chiller was great. Yeah. 
And I remember Gregory the Grave Walker. I used to watch yeah. those. And I can't. They must have been. It's like the local pro wrestling show where they just dumped them because I've never been able to find any clips from them. Yeah. Because you know we had a pro wrestling show on the seventies here. Yeah. With Dick the Story of Because I remember the Fargo Brothers. I met Greg Valentine. That was him and his dad. And what they found out was okay. The Fargo Brothers. Why do these dudes look so much like the age difference yeah. and everything? But I'll. But I'll never forget, Dick Bayer would announce, and I actually wrote to him, and he confirmed he was on it. Wow. And he said he had the so one time, he's announcing in the mess, some bad guy hit him over the head with a trash can. Oh, so no. he comes on the next week with the mask, with the big bandage wrapped around <laughs> the mask. Nice. <laughs> you know, Channel 13, man, they had some cool programming. That's the first place I saw movie serials, because they showed King of the Rocket Men. And I think maybe one or two others, but they were showing them as part of the, either the Mickey Mouse Club or something. And man, I was hooked. As soon as I watched those things, I was just like sat there and go, man, this stuff is cool. They would get them. And also, you ever like on TCM, they'll have them on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Which is a good spot to put them. Which I think is good because my dad would love them and he'd have his Bowery boys yeah. and all that or the Sunday morning. But I got into I don't know where exactly. Yeah, Channel on. 10, I think, had Bowery boys on Sundays. But Offbeat Cinema last night, and I went to bed before, really, before that I watched Star Trek and then I watched a little. But I don't know what the heck that thing was on, <laughs> on last night. <laughs> it's, like, I'm, it's all these guys like at these weird like dancing and like, I don't know what this what is. What was it? It's Offbeat Cinema. It's oh. Buffalo. It's yeah. on Channel 18. They have the problem with them is they have some, they really like you write to them. They'll get some weird movies. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff and out there. They I will mean. try. Like, what's the one, the ones who turn into zombies and let the long title? But there's, they get so many commercials. Yeah. You know, when they last like for six or six, they seem like they last right. forever. Oh, yeah. Channel 18 on what? It's just on. Channel 18 on your regular TV. On, oh, on, on, on a yeah, it's a digital, public access. Digital yeah. TV? Okay. I don't even know. Could you have like a... Because actually one of my parents' friends, he just got the thing for like to have regular TV, but he had to get the cable for it. Can you even do the old bunny ear antenna TVs? Uh, yeah. yeah, I do it up in my room. I get them all. <laughs> with, kids, a, with a $4 antenna. <laughs> but the best thing used to be, like if you could get like Canada... If you could, if you could like somehow oh, get yeah. the, those Japanese horror movies, you know. yeah, we used to be able to get WG, not WGN, but W, what was it, KBW or whatever it was, yeah, Buffalo. You know, you'd get every now and then you'd get a something from Buffalo. You know, it was pretty amazing. They had like a was it rain? There was a guy like uh, Captain. Something. I know we had Ranger Bob. It was like oh, Commander Tom. Commander Tom. There was Commander Tom. It was like a kid's show. Now right. I'm wondering Skipper Sam. what I like, like, you know, talking, going full circle about Batman. You watch it now, and, like, they had, like, a Jane Paul Spaghetti for Jane right, Paul Spaghetti. Right. And Mayor Linseed. Yeah. You get those now when you're older. You didn't as a kid. Right. But I wonder now if they were doing a riff on the, the space oddity because it was Commander Tom. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. I remember the guy wore like a red, like a red military jacket. Yeah, I watched this one show. It's got it's a fifty show called Space Patrol, and it's on Tubi. And you know it's that typical kids show with the guys that are supposedly part of an interplanetary sheriff's office. You know, and Bucky, the, you know, the guy, the, the sidekick's name is always something stupid. And Bucky um, or Sparky. Or yeah, <laughs> and they had one Winky is on this other one called. Uh, um, Oh man, Rocky Jones Space Rocky Ranger. Jones. I yeah, love Rocky that. Jones. I love awesome. that. And it's just, but again, I keep saying this: those Rocky Jones more than the others had pretty good effects and pretty good sets. In fact, I read where they stopped making it because it was "quote unquote" too expensive. So, um, but like I always say, like the, the the George Reeves Superman show was just miles above on sets and. And things like that, because they were just made by Hollywood yeah. guys, you know. You it know, wasn't, they weren't, and I think it was cheap, but not dumb. Put perspective, too, where, like, these days it's a little bit too much Deus Ex Mach, you know, where I think a lot of the CGI looks too fake, and there's no creativity to it. Well, I call it Donkey Kong CGI. Yeah. Because it just looks like these guys jump up and down. I think you're like, a, like a kid growing up, 
Yeah. Like in the 30s, like with Flash Gordon. Or these, you're watching this. This stuff looks awesome. Yeah. I remember watching Superman when I was a kid when they showed the first thing with Krypton. Yeah. I thought it looked awesome. It did look and awesome. I loved the way the probably, probably their car lights, but like with the little planets. Yeah. And I would love so that. If I was like doing films, I would have loved to have done like Flash Gordon or Commander Cody, all these. Because you have to be creative. Yeah. It's like, how did they do laser things? They whacked like a phone wire. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Something like that. Yeah, they would do a thing like they would slap a chair with a something to make a slap or a gunshot. Or or, think about when you're doing a radio show and they got the guy doing right, like the water. What, yeah, that's what they do. And do you remember this from the the first Superman? If you, if you remember the commentary the, in the beginning where they show Krypton or the Red Sun part? Did you remember that? Yeah. What they said it was? What? It was a pail of gasoline. That they lit up, and then they photographed it from above. <laughs> so they took a picture of a burning, a thing of gasoline burning in a circle, and then somehow they, you know, fogged it nice, and there it was. <laughs> and there's like, the, I mean, really, even like on YouTube, you know, they have like the red mask. You can find tons of these, the full cereals. Yeah. Did you hear Jensen Ackles might be Batman? And then he, he's singing. If they See, offered saw, it to him, they would, I forgot he would do his it. name. They already have Superman cast birthright. Yep. And I have no idea who any of these people are. Me either. I have no idea. So. After a while, too, it's like, how many times do they have to do it before they get it right? Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with this new thing, James Gunn. I mean, if I see any more teases out there, I mean, it's like every day. Well, it's like, all right, enough with reading, this thing. You know? I guess they took, like, there's only going to be one Marvel movie out this year. They took, like, a bunch of, like, Captain America, Brave New World, and they're trying, they're massively reshooting them. Yeah. Trying to make them better. Well, I kind of think they reached a glut with it. I mean, there's just too many to go see. It goes, and it goes into cycles where they, you know, I, I'll go back and watch, like, the first Iron Man and I go, it's so much better. I mean, I want to watch, yeah, I want to watch things like Fury of the Gods, but everybody says it sucks so bad. And the last Thor movie, everybody says it was so bad. I mean, I want to check them out, but I don't want to spend two hours watching a stupid movie. No, I got, like, I actually, and it should have been good because I think Carl Urban was, like, actually Christian Bale was in it. Oh, wow. You just think Christian Bale, when he's the villain, how can this be bad? Well, but it was like, it went like, a lot wall. of factors. Just, I didn't even like Ragnarok that much because I thought it was too humorous. No, and that's a lot of people in retrospect when you watch it the first time. Wow, this is cool. And it got in the World War Hulk stuff where he's in exile. You watch it again. It's making fun of the guy. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, yeah, I think they have some interesting ideas, but they just, you know, You know, and then they got the thing because of the Jonathan Major stuff where they're either going to, they think they're going to have either, I think they call him Grand Lord Thanos oh, wow. as a villain or they're going to have a different king. Cause that's not too hard to pull off because the guy's a time traveler yeah. with the mask and stuff. I would have liked to have seen a Galactus storyline. Remember the they one where it was like that. the little cloud in the Fantastic Four movie? Yeah. <laughs> with Silver, wasn't he like just a little ominous cloud? Yeah, it was weird. No, Galactus would be a good one. Annihilus, like, for Fantastic Four. You know, I bought a couple of Silver Surfer, or uh, I bought some extended versions, like at a family dollar or something, and and they're not that much longer, but they're better. The one I heard was awesome was the Daredevil. I have that. That's great. I heard it explains a lot of... It's way more interesting. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen... I know we've seen Justice League... For Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Have you ever seen the extended cut? Yeah, I have that. So it doesn't explain a lot more. About it's way better. Yep. It it goes into detail with the woman, the, the African woman there that that was you know complaining about the soldiers and stuff. She actually gets paid by Luther, to, and you don't know that. And so when you watch the original one, you're going, "Well, wait, what what happened to her? What why 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 is she in court? Why you know and and then Clark is looking around for her to talk to her. I mean, they leave all... There's a half hour extra. A half hour. It's not like seven minutes. That's a yeah, lot that's of, that's a lot of story. That's actually... There's one I'll own you unless you can find it. If you haven't seen I think you'd really like it. It's one of the best... I, I think it fell under the radar. One of the best retro films I've ever seen. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, I have that. I love that. I love it. For some weird reason, that's like... 
like sort of like when you hit Thanksgiving and Christmas, maybe because of the snow. Yeah. But I thought that was – I don't know why that wasn't more popular. I just thought it was awesome. Well, at the time when they made that, apparently or supposedly, it was supposed to be the first totally computerized movie. And I watched some documentary or special feature on it. And for the most part, all the actors were, were given were, okay, you're in an office or you're in, okay, here's a desk. And here, you know, you stand here and you stand, and everything else was green screened in. And, but, I, you know, it was the first, and they, I watched this making of thing. They had banks and banks of computer stuff, whereas now they probably don't need it all. But this was back in 2000, what, two or three yeah. or something. So it was the first pretty much 98% computerized movie and just the actors and very sparse, which is, and they, they ripped off the, that great Superman cartoon with the giant robots. And, yeah. Oh, man, it's the best. And they did it. Everything was like, so if you were to like, it was like really a better effects serial. Yeah. You could picture this is in the serial. Oh, yeah, man. they'd be little, like, little tin plates coming after you. Yeah, man, that, that was a, it was a great movie. The little and, laser gun. And the whole thing with the, with the, with the heliport, uh, uh, whatever you call it there, the, where the airships Yeah, oh, the airships. That was like steampunk, and, too. And Angelina like, Jolie. Yeah, it was great stuff. And plus the little the ongoing joke about the picture. Yeah. And then you had your lens cap on. Right, right. Because she's always thinking, they're in this world with dinosaurs. I only have... Yeah. Said, well, I'll take one. You have your lens cap. <laughs> I know. Gwyneth Paltrow is great. Well, that was just a that fun That was a movie. great movie. You know, it go check it out sometime. I found it a, I found it a bargain. So. I think I have a couple versions of it. Then Lawrence and, Olivier was the villain. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. Maybe I'll dig it out. Yeah, I always, yeah. like I said, it's part, I don't know why, because it has nothing to do with the holidays, but it's like one of my holiday movies. Yeah. It has that feel. Like, with no, the it's got a nice 30s feel to it, and that's what they were going for. Everything. You didn't go it. see Casey and the Sunshine Band, I take it. I did not. <laughs> I was going to say one other thing is like a little touch on the Beatles because now that's all the Ed Sullivan show is like, I believe it was like 60 years ago. Yeah. But I keep picturing because I listen to Breakfast with the Beatles on the way here all the time. Can you imagine like these days they were only like in the public eye for that long. They These days they might have done one album. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you're going to hear a lot about that this month probably, you know. Uh, I wonder if partly, though, it says partly like new music is crap because <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, the music's always changing and I could sit here and whine and all that I stuff. Know, oh, the way it used to be. But, you know, stuff's stuff got to change. Out. I mean, there's still stuff out there, though, if you look for it. There always yeah. is. I just bought uh, an album by the Rival Sons called Dark Fighter. And because I've been reading about it, because again, I get this classic rock magazine, which is a UK based magazine, and I have a subscription. So there's no ads, there's no politics, it's all music. And, you know, aside from the interviews with the bands, they'll have a RIP section honoring anybody that's passed away. They have all kinds of, yeah, they have all kinds of, um, ads for gigs in the UK that all these bands are playing and you're like wow there's and there's all these cool bars that, and clubs that's and, to me uh, Mojo yeah I used to get actually they had unfortunately they curtailed it they had the best deal for a subscription and you best you got those CDs right and what I would love is like what you said you would go through it it would be playing at this club, this club. And like, why don't why are they living over there? Yeah, I know. But no some kidding. of their reviews nailed me. Like some of their the, like instant classic. I get this going. Oh wow! <laughs> there are no bullshit reviews for the most part. And they said this rival sons thing was really. And I said, okay, I'm reading enough about these guys. I'm gonna. And I got it. It's really good. Yeah. It's quirky. It's kind of Queens of the Stone Age ish in some parts, but it's. Very quirky as far as like, it drives. It's got weird melodies and really cool chord things, and it's uh, just very entertaining to me. Yeah, and the thing, but a lot of those, the, the thing about those CDs too is they weren't li- little just gifts either. They were like quality, right? Like they would do like a homage, like the Quadrifini with all these different bands influenced. You get Mose Allison and all these right, others. right. And I also picked up this White Snake Does Purple. 
Speaking of Deep Purple, it's uh, so it's Coverdale, and he's got a bunch of guys I don't know, but he's got uh, Tommy Aldridge on drums. So that was enough for me. So I got it. It's all live. And they do burn, and they do, you know, mistreated, and they do a bunch of some White Snake songs. But it, it's an it's it's a good album. It's a live album. It's got a little bit bigger guitars, you know, a little more modern style arrangements. But the thing is, even on Burn, Tommy Aldridge doesn't even touch the E and Pace parts. He just kind of plays right through it and does a few little fills. Well, that's like they said. Everything you cannot else, cop everything else e and about, Pace, man. about Kiss, like they said. And it was funny because Ace Freely would watch and play. Yeah. Like the guy can't, like Tommy Thayer, he can't hit like 100,000. He can't hit the solos like Ace does. Yeah. At all. But like, remember early, I love early White Snake, especially I think like, wasn't John Lord was in it? Wasn't yep. AC in it? In fact, I just got a remastered one of, uh, Ready and Willing, I think it's called. Yeah. That's good. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, when Pacey and Lord were in it and, uh, Barty, Bertie Marsden and all that. That's all I could call him is Pacey because that's all he had Gillen ever called yeah. him. Well, I bad thing he says, like, the big problem with him, though, is when they first met, like, in the early, the late 60s, he had a bad problem with body odor. Like, uh, so did, I think everybody had a problem. That, yeah. So, too much, we want to keep you wanting more. So, we've already blabbed, like, an hour. That's <laughs> right. But okay. How Hi. are you... <laughs> Is there anything about rumors with you for the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift? Oh, that, that she might discover me and yeah, dump, the, dump that really big, hunky, handsome yeah. guy? Uh, probably not. <laughs> you sure? I've heard this, like, a lot of times. <laughs> no. I like Taylor Swift. You know, and I always make fun of her because we share a birthday and everything. And I don't know. We get to the point, like, I hope, one of my hopes for this year, probably a bad year to hope, is yeah. can we just stop arguing about Everything, but I want to hear her song after she dumps him. That's going to be a classic. <laughs> a you know she's going to write one if she dumps him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, it's like, I mean, come on. I mean, life's too short for all the you quarterback hack. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't wait. It's going to. What's it going to be called? Like no longer red or something? Yeah, because... I have no idea. <laughs> no, I like Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll be curious. To, you know, if I watch the Grammys tonight. Just in case you guys are time uh, time uh, restrained here, it is the Sunday of the Grammys today. So I'm going to watch Bird. It's like they have all those spots. Clint's biopic of Charlie. Parker, that's a really good. So yep, that's really good. Where he ends, he's laughing at the TV and yeah, the eyes, right. But that's just you know, it's like one of those things where I think she's great at marketing, and it's again, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. And I have no interest in the Super yeah, Bowl. Know, she, like all my teams of she's she's you know she's allowed, but she, she I don't think she does anything without a reason. I mean, it's her career, but you know she's trying to be with this guy, and a lot of people are mad about her being in the press box or whatever. And it's like, look, you know, and, and what I said to somebody, I said, well, I think the reason people get upset about stuff like that is she could afford to buy her way into the press box, but I think. People get mad that they just let her in because she's dating the the player. Well, look at it but this she's way. She's family. I look mean, those guys' wives too. go up there. You could pay, like, what was it, like, how many grand to see one of her shows or see her for free during the Super Bowl? Right. <laughs> you know, I used to get, like, but, like, I know it's, like, the way the mics are. If we had a Bills kicker in here, he'd probably hit it over here. <laughs> yeah, poor Bills. Yeah, next I mean, year again, it's just football. You know, I tell, a lot of people get super upset. They show it. No, well, it's annoying though. It's I like mean, the weeks we don't have a show. Over, you know, people are really sad. It's just got to be very frustrating to do all that work. Well, have, I'm a Vikings fan, so yeah, it's Don to come back on top a bit and then you know lose it. Yeah, you know, that's that's hard. What are you going to do? But what's coming? Everything's coming. Oh, and by the way, our own Adriana Noon's on tour all February. Nice. And Where? she was just in. You could look it up. She's in Massachusetts, Ohio. Oh wow! But she's playing at Abilene with Anna Smirk, who's an Australian singer who she's touring with. She's playing on the tenth. Oh, good. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff coming up. That good for her. And um. For you, yep. well, Greg's doing, you're filling in for, like, who you're doing this, and you're going to play with Extreme, probably. No. I got a good band coming up with Susie Blair and Don Blair, 
Um, Quest advertised more, actually, because I totally forgot about <laughs> No, I mean, we're doing some recording, and, you know, we're just going to take it out slow, and, you know, if it becomes a band, it becomes a band. But right now, we're just laying down songs. So you, everything. It's like, next year, next year, next year, Coverdale will hear this, and after this, you want to form a band? <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> well, you know, no, no, no guts, no glory. At this yeah. time, it's like, the more I play, the more you play. I play. <laughs> Okay, now that how can we leave? That was the best advice I've ever heard. Keep and playing. Her, this, I thought this was perfect. Now I remember almost, and I always joke with Adrian. Our friend anniversary is like on Valentine's Day, and the reason I met her was because I saw Happy Hour in Abilene, and it was minus twelve, and I was supposed to go other places. I went outside. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay. <laughs> and it was an every year. It's like like if I go like it, it's like massively cold and snowy now. It's not. So I'm going to play my good friend Katie Mori. This is one of her albums from years ago, actually, because she's Katie Preston still, before she married very cool Ben Mori. Ah. And there's a song, and right now, until we get home, it's mm. it's called It's Okay to Snow. So when we're not driving Yay. or coming to the podcast, or it's okay to snow. But for now, we have a nice warm fire. That's it. See ya. Bye, bye, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Sunshine in